0: Wait, so we're National Socialists now? Yes, we're National Socialists now.
1: Who said that? What? I, I said that. Why? I'm Hitler. Oh. You're Hitler? Oh. Yeah, I'm is Hitler. That we, does, that make, does that make Carden gobbles and be uh,
0: Strasser? Well, I mean, Carden gobbles, something, all right. But, um, tsh,
2: boom. The joke is dick.
0: penis jokes start this episode we're a professional co- podcast talking about uh theories and stuff and now we're talking pissed off about at penis. me for that
2: picture of grimace i shared
0: no don't we are we that is not going to be the header image <laughs> I, I refuse to put that as the header image i will kick you off the pod if you try to if you try to veto we don't me.
1: own that we can't do that can you imagine if we get as famous as fucking capo and people have to fucking listen to this shit talking us talking about dicks and shit
0: well, I mean, let's be real. We've already listened to Chapo talk about dicks, so it, it. the answer is it would not change anything. I
1: have not <laughs> listened to Chapo at all. It's, wow. It is the worst podcast I've ever listened to. You know, I listen to it every week. Cool. That sounds great.
0: No, I, I've i listened to worst. I've listened to uh, a zoophile podcast for whatever reason. Jesus Christ. It was not good.
1: Well, yeah, I would it hope not. It was really bad. What were you thinking? You must
2: have been so high.
0: No. I was way too sober for it. If I was high, I might have enjoyed it. Like, from a... Like, Alright, that sounds bad. Alright, uh, cut that out. Hold on. <laughs> Wait, no, up. no, no. From an ironic <laughs> sense. I have, uh, oh, shit. Oh, God. Oh, um. no. It's already
1: gone.
0: Yeah, this oh, fuck. Codfight.
1: Codfight. Confirmed zoophile.
0: You know, actually, Done. I enjoy Zoophilia. There we go. That's going to be a drop now. People just going to take that out of context. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay,
2: um, so this one's, I think, for your dad. I'm, just, oh. I'm just
0: loading bullets into the gun that they're gonna use <laughs> to shoot me and put me up against the wall Yeah, cause you're not, you're not leftist enough Alright, so today we're talking about, we're doing Ace Attorney with Kropotkin We're doing Objections, baby We're probably only gonna be doing this one on 12 and then the rest of the book with um, another, just another podcast Cause the rest of the book kind of, um, it basically reiterates itself a lot But, but let's, let's, let's be honest, before, before we get started This is a podcast about garlic knots and you. No, this is not a podcast about garlic knots.
2: What? We're not talking about garlic knots today? Oh, we're going to talk about garlic knots today because we are Yiffy.
0: Fucking Christ! <laughs> I try to get it back on track. You guys are like, "What about garlic nuts?
1: <laughs> Ooh, here comes the garlic Ooh. nut. I, no, listen. I tried. I tried to fucking make that joke. No, I, I, we, I, I have to continue it. From I thought the last we, episode. we we
0: t- we did that last time, didn't we?
2: Did we? No, but we did. We didn't. No, we, we thought of it right we? after we stopped recording.
1: It was, uh, we were no, I no, I remember know No, to it. it's in the episode. It's it in is. the fucking episode. Good, <laughs> it's in this
0: episode now. That's what we get from this fucking episode. Just recycled jokes and shit. <laughs> what is
1: this production? I mean that's that's
0: life isn't it that's pretty much life
1: so so my first question to ace attorney pet detective
2: (laughs) (sighs) (laughs) ooh, i got some feelings about that i thought we weren't (laughs) gonna get on contra takes uh to this episode wait
0: what we're getting to counterpoints i guess
2: contrapoints
0: ContraPoint We're not getting We're not talking about ContraPoints
1: No I'm talking about Fucking Ace Ventura Pet Detective Yeah gross What? Uh, you don't like Jim Carrey?
2: That movie has uh, There's baggage on that one
0: I mean uh, Yeah Kind of But may hey, Anyways mm-hmm.
1: Well Anyways my, my first question to um, The jury Is What do you do If you set up your commune And people Want to destroy your commune <sighs>
0: well, well, for one, this entire chapter is basically about day welfare queens, where it's like, well, what if you have people who don't work? and what do you do with them? What if they what if the basically what if the pros are lazy? Well, and Kropotkin
2: There's two answers to that, and basically one is you exile them. that's a viable solution.
1: The other is that's they so won't violent Carden. what if they wanted to eat? What if they need to eat? the other option
0: you give them all the compassion that you can but at a certain point like it's like it's fine with kicking them out if they don't want to contribute and that's there's I want to make this very clear it is do not want to contribute not cannot contribute yeah Yeah. I think that like we're not ableist here Yeah, I don't think Kropotkin was being super ableist and saying, if you cannot contribute, you should be left out. He's saying.
1: Old and sick should die.
2: And these people aren't tearing down capitalism. They won't tear down communism.
0: Well, I mean, they they would live, they would get to see the riches that they produced. So, I mean, there's no reason for them to try to tear down the system in a certain sense. There's every reason for them to defend it. Well, they're always propped up as the, the thing that system. would
2: destroy cap or that would destroy a commune is, you know, you'll have the loafers and they'll starve you out. And it's like, well, it's does we already, have, capitalism. Loafers. Uh, but already, we already have loafers. But we already have
1: loafers in this no, we already have loafers in the system. They're called billionaires. All right. You know well, what? Like, don't oh. you
0: know that Michael Bloomberg uh worked very hard for his money and is in fact using millions upon millions of dollars to run a campaign straight into the ground more money than we will ever see combined in our entire life. He's literally but, trying
1: to buy an election. Like, who the fuck does that? Who thinks that's he, okay anymore? Um, who think that's
0: who think that's a smart idea to just not sign up for like the first four primaries and then just skip them? That's the dumbest idea I've ever heard.
2: Uh, so I mean, there's been a lot of unprecedented stupid in the elections. So I'm like really not sure if like if we're still joking or something, or if you like unironically don't realize that the bar has been lowered this much
0: no i know i'm saying that he's doing it incompetently like like buddha is do is like using like money kind of more competently than than uh, or like steyer is using his money more competently than bloomberg is i'm just saying that it's incompetent because he's pissing money into the wind basically
1: well he's because he's, he's investing all of his money in tv ads and radio ads which nobody pays attention attention to anymore at least not this cycle The people who are going to vote in the primaries, I will be honest, like, sure, maybe you have 20% 20 of people who are voting in the primaries that have no idea who the fuck they're going to vote for, but 9 times out of 10, those people either won't vote because they're like, I don't fucking know, fucking vote blue, whatever, or... You have people who are so fucking cemented in what they're going to do, like fucking people who are behind Bernie or behind Bob Biden, that they're just going to vote for that no matter what they see. Mm-hmm. I mean, unfortunately,
2: um, this is a hot fucking take, because this should not be the take of the time, but right now, it might be a party-line thing, because at this point, I don't give a shit who gets into this position as long as one person gets out.
1: Okay, well, so we're going way off the rails we're not even talking about theory anymore let's just let's just talk about modern political events yeah so we're editing that out, right?
0: No, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Just just keep going with it. Roll with the punches. Come on. You guys, you guys, if we're professional podcasters at this point, come on.
1: I think that was a little bit too far off the rails. We are professional podcasters. We get paid for this shit. No, okay. No, but seriously. So the, the, we can't just say vote blue no matter who. That's true. Because if we, if we perpetuate the same system that has allowed Trump to take office... Then we're just as bad as voting for Trump. Like even if we had the most leftist Democrat that isn't Bernie out there, Elizabeth Warren Warren take office as president, we're just gonna see another Trump in four years, eight years. Mm. It's not gonna It's not gonna afford the revolution. Not only that is we're gonna see the same fucking policies that have been perpetuating it's perpetuating themselves since the Reagan era. We're not gonna actually get. Anywhere, unless we get someone who is as radical as Bernie, as radical as fucking Joshua for Congress, as radical as um God, what what the fuck's that Virginia Virginia's name?
0: Ace Watkins, the gamer president. Yeah,
1: or Roman Supreme. or well, him, but
0: not
1: <laughs> not just him, but like even even Peter Dow now, like he's Peter gone Dow's actually so fucking Maoist.
0: I love Peter. He's Dow. gone.
1: He's gone so fucking Maoist. It's not even funny, but. Like, we, no, If you don't push the Overton window so far to the left that Bernie becomes a centrist, we're just going to perpetuate the same fucking system that we have. And it's going to fuck us all over and in the next 20 years, we're going to die from global warming.
0: Well, this is the thing. Like, We need to show that you know, what, what Kropotkin's saying in his book that is not just a pipe dream. People, like, you know, have all the technocrats say, oh, you know, uh, well, you can't have this system because, like, people will take advantage of it. But Kropotkin's basically saying, no, you can have a system where... You know, if you're not working, then, you know, you don't get to reap the benefits. But if you are working, and if if you are willing to work, and you put forward good work, you get to reap the benefits of what you make. And that's what Kropotkin's arguing in this chapter about objections. He's basically saying that welfare queens, for the most part, are a tiny minority of a population, A, and B, even though they are a tiny minority, he goes into kind of why they exist as part of like, you know, education. And also just like, you know, sometimes there's something there's like literal mental illness that like like help like deals with people. Like depression is, is is a serious thing that I think a lot of people don't want to confront in like a, a commune or like or like try to basically say that it's oh they're just deciding not to work when it could be like a medical issue because that's what all all depression is is a chemical imbalance in your brain well, you can
2: yeah that's a it's very really fucking hot
1: take most mental illness that we currently are diagnosed with nowadays is a side product of our, the alienation under the capitalist system so if we get rid of that we won't have as high depression rates as high bipolar rates as high ADHD rates as high any Mental illness rates as we see today.
0: Uh, that's correct.
1: Hot take of the week. I don't believe that is uh, quite 1, true.
0: That's 1000% correct no. because, you know, not only that, because we would have uh, access to, you know, education and, you know, less stress. If you're in an environment that's stressing you out, you don't have to work there be- or else you'll die. You can go somewhere else. Like Kropotkin talks about this where he's saying um, early on in this chapter, he's basically saying, look, if you want to, um, Discuss if you don't like the position that you're in, you can see if you can find like another guild or another people bunch of people doing stuff that you can help out with. Like so long as you help out in some way, shape, or form in the work that needs to be done, then you're contributing to society and you should be able to reap the benefits of it. And that's his basic argument.
2: And another defense that um, that I don't think Rapak can realize that we have now that it's the future is uh, freaking lasers against the welfare queen
0: well he does he actually it's kind of funny considering that uh he kind of goes flies in the face i think we talked about this in an earlier episode um he kind of flies in the face of like thomas malthus um who was writing a little bit earlier than he was in um 1798 uh, an essay on the principle of population overpopulation
1: he is a malthusian myth and you should exactly. you
0: feel bad for pushing it Yes, and you know who who pushes it today mostly? The Gates Foundation. New cons. The Gates Foundation is actually more more pushing it. If you see, there's this new idea of like scientific racism of um, overpopulation, especially in Africa, basically being like, what we need to do is we need to just uh, have a technocratic solution to this. When the reality is. We can feed every single person on this earth.
2: Yeah. No. Our easily. production
0: is is we waste so much food that it's insane. The issue Pecan. is, is that we could we could fix world hunger for like under a trillion dollars. Pecan. That's insane.
1: Who's gonna pay for that?
0: The fucking billionaires, because they're stealing it. They're stealing that money. They really and are. And that's what Koprockett argues in this book, and that's what he argues with everywhere. And I think that it's right. He's saying that this is the surplus value stolen from those people, and I think that it needs to be repatriated to them.
1: Can we even talk about how fucking Adam Smith, the the poster child of capital, capitalism, even said, listen dude, landlords can fuck right off.
0: Well, I also like, he mentions Adam Smith in a later chapter, but um, he mentions uh, a, a, an actual Smith uh, right before that, so I find that kind of funny. I don't know if that was in this chapter, let me check, but... Yeah, Kropotkin mentions Adam Smith a little bit in in this. And he basically uses him as like a, you know, the classical econo- economics dude, as anyone would because he's he he has some he was the basis for a lot of things.
1: That's canon fight. Adam Smith had was like he was the founder of economics. Like there is no there is no arguing that. Like the the, the field of economics was more or less founded by Adam Smith, Ricardo, and Marx. Ricardo The the, the three the three biggest Names in economics, and people were just—people just throw Marx out because they're like, "Oh well, Marx is a communist." He doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about because of all this. Propaganda the era, era propaganda. Yeah.
0: Well, but, well, people throw them out because of, like of the the current hegemony in the academic system. Of far among economics is going to be neoclassical economics, which is oh, with Keynes and shit like that. Oh, no, wait, no, 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 that's a rejection of Keynes. That's different. Oh, right, right, so, right, right. Keynesian. So kind of for viewers who don't know the difference between neoclassical economics, like neoliberalism and neoconservatism, which are basically about the same thing. The neoconservatism is a more protectionist brand of neoliberalism but the difference between that and Keynesian is essentially uh, if you want to be really reductionist about it, the neoclassical argument is that, uh, well you just have to do austerity until uh, your debt stops and that's all you have to do so basically just cut all social programs, do all that and whatnot, whereas Keynesianism... Raise taxes,
1: so cut social programs, but yeah. that doesn't mean raising taxes on the rich, that means raising taxes on the poor f- whose social programs you are currently cutting.
0: Yeah, it's it's the idea that uh, you're wasting all this money on, on poor people when you could be using it to, uh, I don't know, pay off your debt or something like that. Oh, and of course, Keynesianism um, Keynesianism uh, is a little bit better about this. Basically, what it's doing is it's using a lot more government control in um, government, it's born out of the Depression era, economics and sort of, if you were thinking Keynesianism of course think John Maynard Keynes but also um, FDR was a big Keynesian and it's still capitalism you still have a private um, ownership of labor the ish- The thing is that the government will step in and will also try to smooth over some of the contradictions through social programs and through other things in yeah, a it's, certain the, it's sense, the initialization of a, of a nanny state yeah um, and well, one of the biggest reasons why Keynesianism fell out of style in the '70s was because of the oil- OPEC oil crisis. Um, because when you put pressure on some of these systems, when they start to lose some of their wealth, you turn to more extreme measures, which is to say, and like you know, cost cutting and whatnot. Because the elites, of course, don't want to lose their money, World so War, you War. just yeah, you just you just cut all, everything out of the poor. That's what neoliberalism is. The '90s was like roll roll back neoliberalism, and now we're in the the period of The second period of neoliberalism, which is roll out neoliberalism, which is um, taking back even rights before Keynesianism and sort of trying to just cut everything bare to the bone and then justify it, justify cutting things completely by saying oh these systems aren't working not saying that you're underfunding them this is what so this is what the scam about social security where people are like we need to we need to we need to do something about social security it's insolvent um well then do a stimulus program for social secu- security like if you setting someone up like, for
2: failure and saying, look how spectacularly it failed.
0: Well, this is what that's happening with the NHS. Is people say, oh, it's failing, it's failing. It's like, well, why is it failing? It's failing because you're not fucking funding it. And then you say, oh, it's failing, so we should fund it. This is the, this is a primary problem with education that we find here as well. And Kropotkin actually mentions this um, in his book a little bit with uh, I think in a later chapter on division of labor, which we'll get to. Uh, talking ab- about the monopoly of education. Yeah.
1: They also have a. Um, and.
2: That wanting we'll to slide a little bit forward on the chapter itself because we can get stuck. Um, yeah. There's at one point what? you said that we don't need to answer for the authcoms because we are just not associated with them at all.
0: Yeah. This is the thing where if, if someone asks you de Vuvuzela, you just say, oh, "Yeah, I'm against Venezuela because it's a state." You don't, have to, you don't have to tell them, oh, you know, uh, well, uh, uh, the Maduro government failed because of the oil prices or whatever. You can just say, I'm not associated with them. And that's con. a bait and switch that conservatives will always fucking use. They will always just say, oh, yeah, um, what about the USSR or, like, whatever happens. But
1: Khan, if you don't have a state, how do you protect the commune from people trying to kill you? With lasers.
0: Uh, Yes.
1: Giant what? lasers in the face with sharks. So you, get, you just need sharks with some freaking lasers on top of the freaking heads. And if
2: that doesn't work, you can apparently repel an army with AR-15s, according to the gun
1: nuts. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, no. Oh god. Well, no. At least, at least with uh, an automatic rifle, you can kill thirty to forty pigs, feral hogs, feral hogs running there through, we go. running, running through your, running through your uh, backyard, wanting to kill your children. Um.
0: Yeah. I think are we going to end up on a to list? Describe, what? what? Uh, probably. Awesome. But um, one of the best things Crop can use is to describe sort of the bourgeoisie, uh, uh, t- like their, their sort of disdain for the working class and for working people as sort of these lazy people, where they said, they are in haste to punish them without inquiring if the punishment itself does not contain a premium on laziness or quote-unquote, well, quote-unquote laziness or quote-unquote crime. So basically what he's saying is is that... There is this idea that Oh, well, you know um, the, These people are poor because they are poor Because, you know, they're lazy Or they're, they're criminals And this is the same thing that we just see Heightened under neoliberalism because We have a friend who
1: talked about stuff like that Described the proletariat yeah, in that it, it's, way it's, it's, it's the prosperity gospel That he's arguing against Which at the time wasn't called the prosperity gospel um, Or it did, wasn't even the um, Protestant working work ethic like he's arguing against it without actually having a concrete uh, side to argue against, because he's kind of foreseeing this is a problem, as he kind of as he kind of later on argues against uh, Fordi- Fordist Fordist division of labor. The word hasn't been invented, so he has to describe the process. Yeah, but the the, the main thing is like, j- just kind of an aside to kind of for those who don't understand what what it means to be bourgeoisie. We're not talking like people who own small businesses, who work their asses off day in and day out. We're talking about the the aristocrats is what they originally were about. who just didn't do anything and just brought in money from other people working. And in a capitalist production. Yeah. And in a capitalist society, the bourgeoisie are the capitalists who own large factories who don't really work and they just rake in money. A lot of times these are actually more the shareholders than the CEOs of the company. But the, the shareholders have a disdain for the working class not because they're lazy, at least nowadays but oh. it's kind of it's kind of a crypto it's kind of a cryptic uh, saying oh well they're just lazy so that's why they're poor It's more it's more they're using that as a means to cover up their actual opinions which is they're only poor because I'm extracting the labor from them.
2: Yeah, it's a very circular argument if you actually think about it for more than, like, almost a second.
0: Oh, it's almost like a dog whistle in a certain sense. Oh, because they're total basically dog saying whistle. to other people, is like, oh yeah, they're poor because, they're, because they're, they're lazy, and what they really mean is, you know, they deserve to be poor is what they really mean. Yeah. Like, if you press them hard enough on it, they will say, well, you know, I'm, I'm sure not everyone's lazy. I'm sure some people have just fallen on hard time. No, no. That's what they mean. If anyone ever tells you you know what about the welfare queens or what about my money and that's like one of the biggest PR coups of the last century where it's just people have been uh, taught to think like especially Republican voters have been taught to think that well any sort of um, um government program is inefficient and therefore we should privatize it all because under private hands none of these freeloaders are going to be on there when the reality is is that you're basically giving over all these public programs to the freeloaders which is the bourgeoisie
1: yep. well yeah and and in in the neoclassical systems in the neoclassical economics those these government programs would normally be efficient but because they've been hacked and slashed to death and push through austerity, there's no way that they can actually function with any reasonable semblance of uh, of efficiency because they don't have the funding, they don't but have the people, have they don't have the means to actually come out and become efficient and actually do what they're supposed to be doing. Well, we also have an option for how to well how to protect against you know the welfare
2: queen or the welfare queen or the you know the parasite, what have you even more effectively than, you know, capitalism, which, you know, again, capitalism has this problem too. They just, you know, call it the win condition and say it's a good thing.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, here's the thing. Also, if anyone ever brings up the argument against socialism about, oh, what about the Soviet Union? What about Venezuela? Ask them how many times neoliberalism has worked. The answer is like one time, and that's Great Britain. And the reason why it worked in Great Britain is because they were extracting surplus wealth from the global south and other places where austerity did not work. Austerity has never worked. It will never work because it's bullshit and you're trying to strip the system of whatever you have. Well, it's yeah, like going into Greece. a, com- yeah. It's like going into a company and then stripping out all the assets, and then the company fails, and you make off with you know whatever you can. Oh, it's like not Sears. about trying to fix the system. It's about trying to strip it to the bone and then run off out the back door. Like like the
1: like that dude did with Sears. Who just bought up Sears, stripped it to the bone while pitching the entire the entire company against itself, and coming out on top and be like, well, it, it failed. I don't know what happened. When he's literally. Buying, he's really literally making the company sell all of its assets to him.
0: Yeah, that's exactly what it is, and that's that's why you need to you need to put it in these terms because I think people would be more people would be against it if people like you know understood these arguments were are bullshit and they are like neoclassical economics is like one of the I would say like. It's almost more, repra- more rapacious than like, classical economics. Like You can make the arguments about you know, Keynesianism and the pros and cons, but at the very least, under Keynesianism, you had in, in most countries. This, this is not necessarily a global thing. There's still an extraction of, global, of wealth from the global south to the global north. But under Keynesianism, at the very least, you have social programs. You don't have any under neoliberalism. And uh, basically, it's, you know, it's even worse because it's this idea, it kind of goes back almost to this postmodern idea of the fact that one of the issues with human rights is that if the state can give you rights, they can also take them away. And Mm. as we've seen, they can take away whatever they want.
1: And from whoever they want.
0: Yes. It's kind of more...
1: Ooh, it's kind of it more out. duplicitous than you're you're making out to be because neoliberalism will, on one hand, say, oh well, we're trying we're trying to make things work, we're trying to make things work, but on the other hand will go behind your back and be like, no, we're gonna we're gonna undercut all this shit and push all of the money to military for example so that they can continue their con- their conquests they just take the um, just take the modern american system you have two neoliberal parties the republicans and the democrats have basically the same ideology it's just the, de- the the Republicans are like, well, we're just going to cut everything and give all the money to the rich, and the and the Democrats are like, well, the poor kind of matter, I guess. We'll give them, I don't know, Social Security benefits, I I guess, and then they'll fucking cut it and give the money to the billionaires.
0: Whenever I talk, po- talk about Democrats' neoliberalism, the best thing to bring up is the Kamala plan with, like, giving Pell Grant recipients who have started, like, um... A business with five people and like have stood on their head for 20 minutes and have pat their head and rubbed their tummy. Well, it's uh, actually actually even crazier
1: than that because it's it was Pell Grant recipients who have started a business in a low-income community and have generated profit for at least three years.
0: That's literally like no. That's literally like nobody. Zero. Z- there's like nobody like that exists. And God, they're not even like if you want to say that this hyper focuses on black people. Then no, there's no black people that like that that exist because like all the Pell Grant recipients are fucking white. hmm Unfortunately, I wish that black people had better access to education, but they just don't. Well, because l- let's it's be racist. Fair. Let's, but be, let's be
1: fair. Let's be fair. There's and probably some there Pell Grant recipients that happen to be of African American heritage.
0: Yeah, there's probably but they're not going to have the capital to
1: start a fucking
0: that. business no. What Are you saying, Garden?
2: Yeah, getting access to real estate May be hindered by the presence Of melanin on the dermis <laughs> This is,
0: <laughs> this, is a, this is the idea of redlining That's the perfect way to describe it Yeah Basically it's what you gotta do is when realtors show up to your house They break out the calipers and say Alright, uh, how, uh <laughs> how big is your, what's your skull shape So I know if I can sell <laughs> to you or not
1: Um Oh, that's great!
2: Uh, oh. Phrenology for the win. I don't know. I've never ha- I've never been phrenologized.
0: Okay. What? Well, I mean, a lot of I current IQ tests under like Wait, um. is it phrenologized like the,
1: or phrenolified?
0: I don't know. Well no, it's phrenology. So. Phrenologized. That's gonna be my new rap album. Phrenologized. Oh my God. I hope
1: it involves a tire iron.
0: <laughs> I thought the blacks loved rap.
1: Oh, I don't. You're right. The the entire even the even the modern IQ system is basically a pseudo phonology system because it's taking questions that are very culturally specific and don't even necessarily measure what it is to be intelligent and places a a random number upon it that doesn't even make any sense in the context of the test itself and goes this is this is what we we're going to use to prove that. Uh, the whites are superior.
0: Well, I mean, that's rich, what Richard Lynn did. That's really what... He's probably one of the ones that started this P, whole, like, this whole PR campaign to basically say, look, IQ IQ tests are great. We can use it to measure intelligence. And then all of a sudden, you just get really, really bad samples when he does cite them, which not all the time. He doesn't cite all of his sources. That's no. already fucking dubious.
1: Well, and but th- let's also talk about cat. how the ACT and the SAT are basically uh, pseudo IQ tests being forced upon the the high school public just to kind of get into college, making another making another hurdle for the poor to make it into education.
0: Well, the worst part is is the fact that you know the SATs and stuff like that, like people use that as a, as, a, as a tool to not only like fund or not fund schools so if you do well in SATs it's like oh we gotta get more funding because they're doing well it should be the opposite like if you're not doing well in the ACTs you probably need more funding to get better teachers it's not oh. like some risk reward thing this is exactly what we need by neoclassical economics is that everything's a competition and the people who will go on out on top get rewarded and those that come out on bottom don't and Kropotkin is directly against this
2: and actually get actively punished for it too
0: yeah well, and it, but it's not even, it's not even that it's
1: so test scores are actually a pseudo means to prove it's, it, it's it, the test scores are a means to prove to self validate because you're already tying the funding of the schools to the property values of the area. So, of course, you know, the lower income areas are going to get have lower property values, therefore, lower property taxes and thus thus having lower funding for schools. So then when you throw that those standardized tests on top on top of it, which are already skewed so so culturally skewed towards whites and Asians
0: mm-hmm.
1: that we that you then become you then generate a self perpetuating system which says, Oh well, this cool this school is getting low funding, oh they have poor test scores, so which should we should give it less funding because they they clearly don't aren't using it.
2: I think you're describing
1: yeah. the No Child Left Behind program. Yeah.
2: Yes, and the kind fuck of
0: George
1: Bush, fuck George Bush. He's um, Bush. I mean, he's
0: well, Bush. you know, George Ellen. Bush. El, well, you know, Ellen's friends with him. You can't talk bad. George.
1: Listen, arguably, George Bush Jr. was is worse was worse than Trump ever will be.
0: Well, because he actually fucking went to war and killed people and is a war criminal and should be hung. I am going to say it right here. I don't care. I think George Bush should be hung.
2: George Bush is an idiot.
1: Trump's an asshole. Well no, not only is George is George Bush a war criminal but his social programs directly impacted generations.
0: It directly impacted fucking me. I was fortunate enough to get into a private school but still like a you know you you get like this fucking drip down of goo of just nationalist propaganda that just is just your brain and just like produces the worst kind of people and like up like you know lifts to the top the most rapacious, repugnant, cutthroat kind of people when we should be looking like at like genuine
2: evil motherfuckers.
0: Yes like like literally like george bush like we should not have a system that perpetuates people like that what we need to do is have a system that perpetuates humanity and helping everyone out no matter what because that is how we're going to survive we cannot survive alone you're not going all these billionaires are so mistaken if they think they can just go out to a moon colony and do all that they will die i will assure you they will die i'll watch Yes, we will all watch and laugh as their stupid experiment fails, as it should. They'll just
1: bring their, in, they'll just bring their indentured servants that want to go to Mars and make them work for you.
0: Yeah, for and they'll get murdered in their sleep.
1: It'll be great. Is this is this the Haitian Revolution all over
2: yeah. again? Yeah, uh, this is the formation of the MCR actually. That's
0: that's my point. Is like, and you get to a point, you get to a point like like you know you think like. Billionaires like Adam Newman of fucking WeWork is is going to be able to make us like a space base? No. Do you think Elon Musk is going to be able to f- survive two seconds in space? He barely is able to fi- survive two seconds like on this Earth.
2: He barely survives on Twitter.
0: Yeah, exactly. Well, but but let's also point out that a lot of these a lot of
1: these billionaires. Well, ninety. No, I'm gonna say ninety nine point nine percent of billions, just because there may be one billionaire who made it on its own that has had all of their capital to start up these companies that have created billions of dollars was given to them by a rich family member. A small loan of a million dollars. Yeah. They were given this ability to start up these companies. And going back to it, like you, we, when you have... And most of them are white. And that's only because all of these... The majority of these culturally bound individuals tend to be destitute for generations because their generations have never been able to accumulate capital, have never been able to pass down their capital because they're living paycheck to paycheck.
0: Well, this is the whole thing.
1: They don't have any capital to pass down.
0: Yeah, here's the thing. Like Rapakin says, like going back to the um, the bread book, he basically says you only you you only impose a system good for mediocrities. Concede. Conceived by an average of mediocrities, your school becomes a university of laziness, as your prison is a university of crime. Make the school free, abolish your university grades, appeal to the volunteers of teaching. Begin that way instead of making laws against laziness, which only serve to increase it. Which is like the biggest condemnation of like neoliberalism I've seen, and that's even before neoliberalism existed. Like, well, I mean, well, of course. How the hell
2: is a prison a university of crime?
0: Because it basically is teaching you, it's self-perpetuating. Like the American prison system, if you go to prison once, you're more likely to go back.
2: Okay, so it's not, so we're not treating this as this is a place full of experts at crime because if they were experts at crime, they wouldn't be in prison.
0: Well, Mm, no. no, because uh, that's a whole other discussion about law. But what I'm saying is that no, I'm saying about
2: getting away with it, you know.
0: Well, I'm saying it's 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 perpetuating a system of mediocrity and of crime, of course, rather than trying to remedy it. Because
1: because in in the current system, after you be after you're charged with a felony, for example, it is so hard to become a part a functioning part of member functioning member of society again. So you then turn back to crime because it's the only thing that you have available yeah, to you. The only to thing you. I want to check your background. Yeah. Yeah. It's the only thing that you have available to you. So then, when you get caught again, you then get charged again and get sent back for a longer extent of time, or you're, you you man or if you're one of the unlucky ones, you get put in for some some minor thing like stealing a loaf of bread, and then you get charged for an extra twenty five years because you tried to escape. Because you are like, what the fuck?
0: I was just trying to feed my family. Well, this is one of the biggest things. So I want to also kind of make note of the fact that when we're talking about, especially with neoliberalism, we have to realize it comes out of classical liberalism, which Kropotkin was arguing against. One of the biggest mm-hmm. reasons why almost the system is worse now than Kropotkin ever imagined is because under Keynesianism, the government increased in power. And now that the state has increased in so much power, once we go back to you know neoliberalism and neoclassical economics... The neoclassical department uses the leverage of the state way, way more than the classical liberalism ever could because the state wasn't as developed. It developed a lot over the nineteenth or the twentieth century, really, and like surveillance and like all kinds of things and like mass mass media, the internet, all these things have contributed to the fact that like the rise of liberalism. In the in the sense of an economic form, just kind of like the return return of you know classical liberalism is much worse. It's heightened by the, the contradictions and the hardships under liberalism are heightened by the fact that you have a much more powerful state. You have much more powerful militaries. You have a much larger income divide. The stakes are. 10 billion times higher.
2: The dark side of liberalism is a pathway to many abilities, (laughs) some considered to be unnatural.
0: The dead speak.
1: My name is Ray. Ray Keynesian.
0: <laughs> it's. First of all, you fucked up that joke. You yeah, said, it said Ray, Ray Canes. Marks. It's Kane's His oh, name fuck is off. Kane. <laughs> oh fuck! No, it's, his, it's his name. You can't. Oh. <laughs> boo. Hey, boo! Fine,
1: fine. We'll do it again. We'll just cut, We'll just cut that one.
0: No, we're not cutting that. We're moving on.
1: Hey, for anyone
2: who's complaining about what Star Trek's doing here, Star Trek's taking risks out here, where Star Wars doesn't even have the balls to let Finn and Poe be together.
1: Fucking Picard looks so goddamn good. Damn right. All
0: I have to say is I'm really sad that when I heard there was a gay kiss in that movie, it, and Lincoln, I was so happy for it. it.
1: Oh, then they cut it for China or something like that.
0: Well, it was in the background. It was like some lady kissed another lady, and it was that was it. And I was like, wait a minute, Finn and Poe like weren't super gay because they like were super no, gay for the whole movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, but like Rose liked- was
2: literally there as a beard for him in the second movie, and they did yeah. her really dirty. And yeah. that was like it was not okay. <laughs> I've
0: never seen like like if you ever want to see like you know just how much our system is fucked and like how much uh like money is being wasted. Literally, we've had two movies that just came out that were like multi-million-dollar productions that have made like billions of dollars, and like not even talking about merchandising and like the fact that they perpetuate like slavery in China. Basically you have two filmmakers that were just putting the middle finger at each other for both of those movies Like Star Wars The Last Jedi fucking hated uh, The Force Awakens and at then least it The, the did Rise something. of Skywalker hated The Last Jedi even more so you just have a, a Hollywood fight but you you but the stakes are the fact that you know you, you have all these billions of fucking dollars that are unearned that are used to perpetuate a terrible system It's just how... This is the contradictions under capitalism. This is the contradictions under our system. It's insanity. Like, I wish I lived in the hell world that Marx described. I wish I lived in the hell world that Kropotkin described. Because then I'd probably be happier. Because it'd be less shitty.
1: And it's even worse because the majority of these movies that are making so much fucking money... The top ten highest grossing films of all time... Nine of them are now currently owned by the corporation known as disney
0: <laughs> we don't have to say we 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 can say disney i said can, disney okay you said disney
1: oh uh, just my speech impediment fuck off
0: oh so oh i'll i'm um, damn now you got me because I was gonna make a joke about that. Way to be way to be
1: a fucking ableist con.
0: For sure a zoo
1: file. Now you're a goddamn ableist. What <laughs> the Noonien fuck is too. wrong God, with you? God, dude.
0: Damn, God damn it! And now every single time I make fun of you for for saying something, you're just gonna I'm just gonna be end up being ableist. This is a that was a that was a that was a bold move. That's damn. Now how am I gonna combat that? I can't shitpost anymore because now I'm gonna be like an asshole. <laughs>
1: <Fuck>. <laughs> and the being Pacific Rim was bad. Uh, but but no, seriously, like I, I and I think I think neoliberalism has actually made it worse than Marx or Kropotkin could have ever imagined because yeah sure people are arguing again arguing against socialism like oh well there's no there's no ability to choose you know i can't go into a socialist market and pick out white bread versus wheat bread i all i have is the wheat people's bread.
0: bread
1: yeah but what they're what they're actually ignoring is the fact that you know 90 percent of products are owned by three fucking companies that are being put out so you're pretty much just giving your money to the same four goddamn people in the world
0: it's like the idea that you know um, the reason why socialism is bad because of aesthetics. It's the same people who will say, "Oh no, don't you know that in Iran they had mini skirts in nineteen before the seventy-nine revolution?" What? Not realizing that income inequality in Iran was hugely terrible. That there was um, secret police, like, equivalent to the Gestapo. Like, the the Shah's reign until 79, after the 53 coup, is one of the most horrific and genocidal um, campaigns since the Nazis. It's pretty much been historically confirmed at that point. But, because they liked the U.S., no one talked about it. But since they started not liking the U.S., and things have gotten better, Now, although I will say... And, there, and that's partially because of leftist movements Like th- there was two like, revolutions in Iran were In 79 There was the Iranian revolution and the Islamic revolution And When did they run? Boo Boo <laughs> God damn it <sighs> boo.
1: That begs the question That's a
0: sexy new mic
1: Yeah More. Yeah if you didn't
0: notice Greg has a new mic but. Oh yeah
1: and this is my new mic it's so it, w- it totally didn't come out of my paycheck
0: Oh, yeah unfortunately our patreon bucks could not could not get us new mics right now but shout thank out you to, to our, our
1: shout out to our singular patron we love you are, hey. you are the real hero here thank you hey, esopus. she's been
0: very very nice to us i really appreciate it and you know what we're gonna call you out by name right now esopus esopus you're great and i love you i, I hope you enjoyed that episode that was just for you which
1: one yeah right
0: the Vuvuzela episode, I like. I like making that. I was one of the favorite ones to make because I had one of my friends over. That was fun.
2: Hmm. I think I missed that one.
0: But it's just so infuriating that, like, so there was two revolutions in Iran in '79. There was the Islamic one and the um, Iranian one. The Iranian one came first. It was a Coalition of students and um, working class. So it was fundamentally like a there were socialist elements to that movement. Like the Iranian Communist Party, the Tudeh Party, was a part of it, and they kind of thought that Khomeini was a means to an end. Lo and behold, Khomeini ended up with usurping power, and the Tudeh Party ended up, you know, going to the firing squads. That happened, and that's one of the things you have to worry about with like you know um, coalition building is that people might try to stab you in the back. But anyways. This all gets erased because, you know, oh they, were, they uh, didn't wear skirts after 79 rather than looking at the fact that, yes, while Islam- while Iran is still an Islamic republic, they are a republic, by the way, the people still get people get votes. That's much better than under the Shah, where no one got votes.
2: Yeah, but they didn't get many skirts.
0: Yeah, exactly. I'd
2: try honestly, the it was-
1: women couldn't read books under the new revolution. they could only read books under the Shah. What?
0: Well, it's also kind of funny how, you know, even though Iran is super homophobic, they're actually a lot less transphobic than we are in a certain sense.
2: That's a bit surprising.
0: Well, what ends up happening is like is like according to Islam, it's like if oh, if you are into men, they will let, they will they will kind of force you to transition, which in and of itself is terrible and homophobic if you don't want to. But if you are trans and you're into men, it's much better to live there than in the US. Where you're probably going to get shot if you walk into the wrong bathroom. Like it's a trade-off it's not good and i still stand with the this is one of the things also i wanted to say i still so, stand with the people of iran and fighting that i don't think how you fight that is an imperialist war like trump is saying like we need to go in there and do that because that's not what happened in iraq things didn't get better isis happened but you know well, it's because of the power vacuum yeah
1: so many times
2: if i went to iran and got a boyfriend i would then receive a free compulsory transition all the way through to surgery yes because that's a really good idea.
0: <laughs> I mean, you'd still have to live under like Sharia law, and there's all kinds of like. Um, don't get me wrong. There's a lot of like horrible things about the system that I think should be changed, and that and that law in and of itself is kind of homophobic. Well, not kind of. It is very homophobic because assuming that.
2: Okay, but free hormones. Yeah,
0: you know, yeah. It's it's not transphobic. Is the point? They're less Cardin, transphobic than we are.
1: Cardin is confirmed to be a forced transformation kinkster. What? just throwing that out there
0: yeah if you like if you liked force transformation go to Iran I I will say this with a caveat I think that's the way it is I could be wrong let me look up I'm not gonna lie
2: I am one of the few who nowadays has not gotten into the force TF thing but mostly because I it just doesn't make any fucking sense or at least it didn't it actually makes more sense now than it did when I first saw. It It
1: makes more sense than Vord does, though.
2: Yeah, but Vore actually crosses it. It crosses a threshold that
1: basically, you know, we've crossed into will accept anything land now. What? So force TF is just too is not is not extreme enough for you to be. Yeah, for, let's, force let's TF, let's just, TF just is suspend. a bridge too
2: far. Whereas. <laughs> um,
1: Vor is a bridge too far squared, and that's why we can do it. Neither of those things can actually happen, so it's kind of a moot point.
0: Yeah, sex reassignment. But by the way, I just looked this up. Sex reassignment is subsidized by Iran today.
1: Are you? Sh- that is so
2: much better than it is here in the U.S. Jesus yeah. Christ! I'm sorry. That's actually a better fucking deal. What's what's going on here? This is so weird.
0: Yeah, yeah. And, well, I mean, it's implying that the U.S. is also not a theocracy. That it isn't run by crazy evangelicals. Well, like, the fact mm. that you can have, like, people saying, like, like, putting up the Ten Commandments outside the fucking, fucking, gover- like, um, governor's house, like, it's bullshit.
1: Wait, but, it, uh, wait, I thought Iran was like a, was like a dual thing where you had the theocracy and then you had a democratically elected governance.
0: It is. It is. You have the, you have the, it's an. It's a republic. But you also have, like, kind of a theocracy. It's it's weird. I'm not too, too keen on the um, political system in Iran. But, I mean, the U.S. is basically an oligarchy, so I don't think we have any room to judge them. Like, and here's the thing, I think, with a lot of people that they don't recognize. Just because a country has a lot of bad elements in it, like the U.S., but that doesn't mean that, you know, you can't like them. Or, more importantly that you should invade them to try to make things better because oh, the only way to make things better is through in revolution and internal change. That's how you do it. You unite to be the working internal. class, you unite, unite the um, sort of educated peoples. And once you have, you know, one of the biggest things that um, is a moniker for success, it's like a key marker of a successful revolution is when you have a... Um, a coalition of workers and students, because the students know the theory and they know how to read and how to get things done, and the workers are going to be the the manpower to do that. It's almost but like you, vanguardism in a sense. But but you do kind of, which,
1: as a non-Leninist podcast, we stand vanguardism as long as the vanguards don't get power afterwards.
0: But it, like, well, yeah, balance of power, and the, the, there's yeah. this, that's a whole another thing. I, what power? Yeah well we do not we do not believe in a dictatorship of the proletariat because we believe that co-opting bourgeoisie power will only cede to make new class divides
1: is that in the next chapter or a previous chapter which kropotkin actually distinct it's a, it's in one of the later chapters ah.
0: but yeah, no like in chapter 12
1: yeah yeah like it's it's really it, and this is one of the arguments that I keep coming across like this is one of the reasons I keep coming, it keeps being brought up like shout outs to my dad who listens to this podcast. Yeah, that that Whoa. was actually that's that, that was for him. <laughs> yeah. Um, we actually got we actually got into it today and he was arguing that well, it's it's all well and good that you can have all these communes that are self-sustaining, but what happens if you have, you know, a, you have your 300 person commune, what happens if you have someone who has 150,000 people coming and, coming and march down your do- doors? And the only thing I could think of is like you die because if you ever come across any overwhelming force,
2: that's really like, if you came across that many people at once, any system would collapse.
0: Yeah. I can't be like, Oh man, you want to, you want to, you want to, you want to build uh, you know, um, the fountainhead like society. Well, what if I came up with like 150,000 workers and killed everyone? Yeah, That's a little bit bad. I think that there is a certain point where, like, you do have to talk about self-defense and you do have to talk about, you know, dealing with, yeah, but with dealing
2: with, like, the devil. But catastrophe does befall society either from other people or from natural, you know, from nature. Um,
0: the most successful revolutions will be global ones. Yep. it's going to be hard, but I think it's getting easier as we get more connected. But yeah, We're societies not are yet. tested.
1: Yeah, but once, but once, once the revolution comes, there is the issue that you have to ma- be able to maintain the sh- infrastructure that allows the connections that we have made post, pre-revolution. Because well, you post-revolution, to, you, you won't it. have the power grid, you won't have the internet as readily available if you don't set up a system to allow for those things to remain available.
2: And they actually get into that in later chapters on agriculture and basically making a revolutionary city siege-proof by doing the farming in an urban setting.
0: Yeah, he actually talks about some interesting stuff where he's basically, like, decentralizing farming where it's much harder to destroy all of your crop or whatever. Yeah,
2: because it's, like, at least partially subsistence farming.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But the thing is, is, like, with, um, the revolution and, like, defending it, well, one of the biggest things you need to do is, like, the revolution will not be run if you just, like, take your guns and just go, like, right up to the capital and then just start shooting things and then, haha, we won. What you need to do is, one, you need to get handles on military, and two, you need to capture you know water plants power plants municipal sectors things that keep the country alive because if you capture those and you can hold them you can strangle you know the bourgeoisie out of their holes because they're not going to be able they're they're going to have to come to the bargaining table sooner or later and you can still have everyone else um, and you can
2: feed your revolution at the same time when when yeah win.
0: this is this is what happened in rojava they, they took over their sort of their infrastructure
1: yeah, but luckily but the thing about Rojava is luckily they were were going up against an already um disma- partially dismantled um, system. A partially dismantled system because they they were focusing all of their all their resources on ISIS.
0: Yeah. But the thing is is that also that they were able to not only do that but also basically use the beleaguered system to basically say, "Look, you don't want to fight anymore. Leave us alone." And then the system said, "You know what? I don't care anymore because you're not the people that I'm after. And so, therefore, you know, they've won in a sense. They, they, they still have their autonomy for the most part. They're still going to have to deal with Assad and they will, it's to be seen what will happen. But it looks like democratic confederalism right now is, is working.
1: Yeah.
2: but in, Well, I mean, some things do work in some places. I mean, I think. I think there, I think there it, are various de- places where ideals
1: that we wouldn't hold to be entirely true just do work but and i think it works so well in that in that regard in there over there was because a majority of them at least the kurds already had the connections and you had the ypj which had come down from the mountains as we talked about in the the vash episode that came down from the mountains and already had the training and had the ability to suppress a mounting governmental oppression towards the kurdistan
0: I just think that it needs to it then they built that up from the late 80s and I think that we can do that here in America. Not necessarily by using the same tactics as the PKK did because I think that some of the early PKK stuff really ended up screwing them over later, but well, not necessarily. I think that one of the things is, is that the Turkish government unlike the US is a lot less subtle about their authoritarianism, mm-hmm. and so it's much easier to get a, much easier to gain support by doing much less subtle, you know, attacks. Hmm. On the system that is you know everything's you in get,
2: extremes over there even more so than it is here
0: yeah well, well you're not you're not going to be able to get away with a terrorist attack on American soil, especially after nine like, eleven It's just not going to do anything for anyone, and you're just going to make people hate you, what also, you need so to we do are is not advocating the this establishment no no, I'm, what I'm saying is don't do that because it's a bad it's idea kind of a terrible strategy yeah well
1: if you if you look at our uh, the manifesto that I've been writing. Uh, which is nowhere near being done, and we I've have been working on it for over a year. And you look on our main website where our manifestos are posted. Peace is the necessary avenue for revolution. You don't need to grab your guns and run to the Capitol like they're going to try to do here in Virginia in the next couple of days. With this episode, yeah. Um, but you need to do it in a manner that is a that you're you're strangling the. The control on the working folk, on the working class, on the poor, that the bourgeoisie have, and, these and are that resources the state has, that they
2: won't have um, fortified either. When the revolution comes, they'll they'll bunker up in their manors, their state houses, and their government mansions. Lay siege to them
0: you shut off the power grid to them that's why i'm saying you need to capture these it's not it's not about just going in there and like having one big decisive battle facing off against the military you need to have guerrilla action where you are able to sabotage if not take over the infrastructure then sabotage it and selectively sabotage it so you're not harming yourself so much as you are harming the elites
2: yeah it's yeah but kind of the, to go
0: to ra- wrap it all up and kind of go back to... Um, oh, we're
2: wrapping up already? Holy shit. Yeah, it's almost an hour. You're almost an hour.
0: Yeah, but kind of talking... Uh, Kropotkin ends this chapter by going, um, suppress the cause of idleness, and you may take it for granted that few individuals will really hate work, especially voluntary work, and that there will be no need to manufacture a code of laws on their account. I don't know if I necessarily agree with Koprocki in a certain sense. I believe that...
2: He's assuming um, that the revolution will change the behavior of people, and while that may be true to some extent, it's definitely not an absolute uh, recipe.
0: Well, I believe in a sort of system where if you're going to have an anarchist commune, you need to have a strong legal system in order to ensure that slights against people do not... Uh, go unpunished but it needs I strongly to be a dem- disagree it needs to be a democratic legal system like I we don't think have- we should
2: over codify
1: it because we've kind of no. seen the drawback on that I agree with Cardin there is actually a means and I I've been testing this and I know it's been online but it's kind of it's still technically a test I in in my chat room like all we there there are no codified set of rules I have selected individuals that I believe uphold the culture which i wish to cultivate in the chat room and they make the decisions on who needs to stay or go and nobody steps on anybody's toes it's people are rarely banned people rarely removed and in in a commune system i mean especially when you're around your groups of friends like what what do you do when your friend comes up to you and like slaps you in the face like you don't go to the cops run to the cops and be like, "Oh my god, I just got I just got assaulted." Like you you handle it. You do
2: whatever it is you do when your friend slapped you in the face, and that could include everywhere from uh, you know, kissing them on the lips to slapping them in the face.
1: Yeah you you handle it in the 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 internal culture that is cultivated in the group. Also, if you go to a
2: chat room that has codified rules, you will find a lot of people fucking rules lawyering as if it were D&D, yeah, which also has very heavily codified rules.
0: Yeah, that you make a good point in saying that like that power can be corrupted. And I think that from a certain extent, you're right. I'm just almost thinking of even before the revolution, what you need to do in order to have a lot of workers' rights is to have a strong legal team and strong. I mean, I th- I do think that in a certain sense there should be rules that help govern, and there should be sort of a rules for governance, but not a state.
2: But yeah, that's which a big is, thing. Is like which when is the- to
0: say, the government is in a sense sovereign over a certain group of people, but they are not... Um, I'm trying to think. Sovereign over a group of people, but they are not so coercive as to uh, overstep their bounds.
1: Well, but and I think Kropotkin actually disagrees with you because even even later, just to kind of tease well, as, we, as we wrap out, when he's talking about how do you determine... How, how much somebody should work to deserve, you know, what they make. And it's it's never like, oh, well, you don't you need to work X amount of hours to do your job. It's like, contribute to society in as best manner as you can, and you'll get what you need. And it's kind of the same thing when it comes to, you know, a, a legal system, so to speak. If you have people who are in good faith trying to protect the community, unless there is some wildly inappropriate reaction the majority of time the majority of people will be like listen this is what happened this is what we're gonna do and it'll be relatively reasonable you're not gonna have people that'll be like I'm gonna stab this dude for taking my iPod Mm
0: -hmm.
2: but also when you uh, when you codify um, the rules you also highlight the loopholes yeah uh, and all the ways in which it can be abused
1: because because if you sit here and say oh you, sh- you don't kill people, will be like well what about self defense or well what about this what about that and, and now then you have to hammer out
2: all these details and sometimes yeah, they just yeah. don't work.
1: And and as you as you make the laws and rules more and more detailed because they've been codified, you end up creating more and more loopholes because people have more and more arguments against it. But if you just generally have or a cultural it,
2: or it gets even worse because you open up a series of oh okay. Now I'm starting to build laws against certain people because the you know the people who are paying me more are asking yeah, for you that. start
1: you start generating an oppressive system because you're targeting people yeah you you're not you're not trying you're not doing for the good of the commune you're saying, oh well, this singular person when in reality, if you don't codify the laws and you have a person that is going against the commune or going against you know what? How people's livelihoods are causing issues. Like for example, they're just eating their, all the food and not doing any work. The people to be like, "Listen, this is not okay. You either change your change your get your act together, or you're going to leave, and we will make you leave." And this
2: does cut off the opportunity for them to become a big enough uh, parasite that no one commune can deal with them. Um, Although, I guess the real trick with that is to nip it in the butt early. But, I mean, again, we can't also be completely without codified laws. I mean, fuck. They do serve a purpose.
0: Well, I think one of my things is I'm I'm right right now I'm in the middle of taking a class on law and philosophy. So, like, once I get my way through it, I might be able to think about it a little bit more. But, I mean, you guys make some good points. The jury's kind of still out on me. I don't know. Hmm.
2: Interesting point of interesting
1: phrasing there.
0: Well, no, I'm I'm just well. Jerry's still out. <laughs> well, <I know. laughs>
1: and and I also do think that especially when you do sit down and you do create a a series of communes of people who are doing their own thing, you do need to federate them in a sort in a, in a manner that allows them to pull resources when necessary. Um, to either defend from outside forces such as a force of 150,000 people. Coming in and trying to wipe out these communes, or a singular person that's just jumping from commune to commune, just leeching off off their resources. And, of course, to facilitate trade.
0: Well, I would say... Um, the answer to that is also partially unions, but that's the syndicalist to me.
1: Hmm. My 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 jury, the jury for me is still out on unions because I have actually seen some really good arguments against trade unions, in particular, hmm. about how they are explicitly capitalist stru- uh, structures. But we will actually have a guest later on in the well, later on the month that, that will actually be talking unions and maybe a movie that has been relatively popular with us
0: yeah well, well we'll 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 talk about it on the unions episode that'll probably be behind the paywall but ironic uh just yeah just ju- just like entry to your union you have to pay to get into uh the union talk but anyways uh thank you all for watching again thank you to our wonderful patron Esopus Esopus the dragon thank you so much i really we really appreciate it honestly thank you really do.
1: every little bit helps please Please subscribe to wherever you see us like, share, on your podcast on your podcast app. Please like us, leave a comment, leave a review. It really, really helps.
0: I'm still trying to get us up on iTunes because I'm an ept, but I think are I we
1: can. on are we on Pornhub yet?
0: Almost. <laughs> <laughs>
2: We might as well. I mean, yeah. Uh.
0: But the, I think I think the goal with the Patreon right now is it might sound like we're kind of money grubbing, but honestly, the goal is just to be self sufficient because the SoundCloud Premium does cost money to keep up, and the uh, website or not the website the RSS feed is another cost, yep. and like we're starting to get there where we can. Well, I mean, even five bucks helps out actually a, a ton, yeah. but literally like all we need to do is hit like maybe 30 bucks a month and we'll be self-sufficient and that's really all i I would care about everything else is just gravy and we can make it make things faster and easier
2: everything else is just content
1: yeah because like like true anarchists we're just we're just doing this to be self-sustaining and to follow our passions
0: yeah really yeah man that'll be it for me so this was Confight.
1: i'm the gecko and uh, i'm athena
0: bye
2: Bye.